abortion, uh, the sanctity of the life of the unborn is the preeminent issue of our time. And I think more and more people are seeing that the evils we're seeing, child trafficking, the, the pornography, all sorts of evils are coming out of a, a lack of respect that life comes from God. And when we don't respect that, everything starts to unravel. Every single human person, every single human person from the womb to the tomb was created in the image of God and has a right to life. This is John Henry Weston for LifeSite News, and we are down with a whole crew here, as well as Jacinta Rigi from LifeSite League and many of their participants in the league at March for Life 2024 in Washington, D.C. One of the first events every year is this prayer protest outside of the Planned Parenthood, where many pro-life leaders are here giving short testimonies, testimonies from victims of abortion. And now Frank Pavone is reading, the head of Priest for Life, is reading a list of the names of the women who have gone into Planned Parenthood for abortions but never came out themselves. They've died. This list of young ladies goes on and on and on and on as he reads them and in between each name, Lord have mercy on them. This is a movement of love, not only for babies in the womb, but for their mothers who are sometimes deceived into going into abortion that leads them into a life of hell. And they need to repent from it, come out of it, and be healed from it. It's a movement of love. It's also a joyful time because there are literally hundreds of thousands of young people here. And so we are overjoyed to be here. It's going to be a great time already. We know that Bishop Strickland's on his way. He was just in Medjugorje. I just talked to him last night. He's on his way here. He's going to be given an award uh, on the day of the March for Life. All sorts of amazing things happening. One thing we're going to be doing together is praying. Just before the march at 11, uh, we're going to be praying together the Holy Rosary outside of the National Art Gallery, only a block or so from the start of the March for Life. Stick with us for this coverage, and may God bless you. We are just out here today to represent the pro-life generation, really show up, show that the pro-life movement is predominantly made up of this next generation who is ready to continue to fight for life in all sorts of circumstances. It is more important now than pre Dobbs to continue to fight for life because although we had that tremendous victory on June 24th of 2022, abortion is still legal in the majority of states in our country and there is still so much work we have to do at all different levels from fighting for life in law like Students for Life Action is doing at the Capitol here and in state legislatures across the country to equipping women in our communities with resources like our initiative Standing With You and all of our student groups on over 1,400 campuses you across the country are doing. There is so much more work to be done in the pro-life movement, and the pro-life generation is not going to stop until abortion is not only illegal, but unthinkable. I've been coming for the last maybe 10 years or so with, with a group um, from the Virgin Islands, and um, grew in the faith and come, came along, and I eventually met my wife here a few years later. And um, so it's a great reunion, and also very important to pray for the moms and also the babies who are dying. And it's great to, to, to get together with like-minded individuals, to keep on praying, to reunite, to actually unite at the foot of the cross, which is Planned Parenthood, um, like Father Frank just said. Um, so yeah, I think that's where we're at. I've been just going to the National March for Life since I was in high school, doing mission work for a group called Couples for Christ. God and I, I've just believed in life ever since, like, so continue to celebrate life, continue to defend life. March, I mean, we need more people of the younger generation to step up. Without the right to life, there are no other rights. Rights are good of human persons, and every child in the womb is our neighbor. And the womb is the first home of the whole human race. And people are waking up. I mean, medical science has confirmed what our conscience long ago told us, what the natural law was written on our heart, what the scriptures and the unbroken teaching of the church for 2,000 years has affirmed. There is a fundamental right to life because every man and woman and child has been created in the image of God. This has got to end. 
Now the tide is turning. As a lawyer, I'm happy to have seen Roe overturned and Casey with it. That's not the end. That's just the beginning. We now have 50 battles, although 14 states have made great progress in all the territories, the whole world. We need to stop taking innocent human lives. And our children in the womb are our first neighbors. So I'm happy to be here. It gives me hope. Standing with my friend Frank Pavono, I've known for a long time. And standing tomorrow with my dear friend, Bishop Joseph Strickland, who's coming back from uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina. Welcome to all of our LifeSite News. This is Louis Konefke reporting live at the Capitol. Um, this is the day before the March for Life, and we're joined here by uh, Sen Congressman Chris Smith uh, just after a press conference um, in which uh, a number of legislators on, here on the Capitol uh, have come in support of the crisis pregnancy centers. Um, so, Congressman, uh, maybe if you could tell us uh, just a little about the bill that is was introduced today, sure. and um, and maybe uh, any other uh, actions or movement within Congress uh, regarding the the pregnancy centers, especially in in light of all the violence that has yeah. uh, that they've suffered since Dobbs. Well, you know, the <clears throat> the president has declared war on pregnancy care centers. I'm shocked at it. I mean, he should know better. And, you know, I can understand some of the people who work for him. You know, they're, they're Planned Parenthood people uh, and others. But he used to be with us on funding, and now he's going all out to decimate the pregnancy care centers, taking away, you know, they're, they're not enforcing the law as it relates to the violence that has been committed uh, against them, firebombing, for example. Uh, we had one of the leaders here talk about that briefly today at our press conference. So there's a, there's a, a lack of concern for the welfare and well-being of those who man these amazing pregnancy care centers that save lives every day and love both the mother and the baby uh, in such a unconditional way. It's They're just amazing. Uh, they're saints uh, and I, I'm in awe of them. And, and to see the president then looking to do this rule uh, that would say that TANF funding, which, you know, the aid for, for the indigent, for the poor, uh, is not eligible for those who are getting services from uh, pregnancy care centers. It's discriminatory. How dare he do that? Uh, so we're fighting that. Uh, Michelle Fishbach had a bill up today uh, that would stop that. Uh, it's going to have hard times over in the Senate side, but hopefully we get a changed White House uh, and these, these unconscionably wrong and discriminatory policies that Biden's putting into place because he integrates abortion, as you know, into everything. Foreign aid, you name it, he's integrating. He's even using our VA, our uh, VA uh, health centers and, and um, community, develop, community um, uh, uh, outpatient clinics to promote abortion, to do abortions. Uh, everywhere you look, uh, I've never seen anything like it. He's the abortion president and people need to know that. So in the House, do you think there is enough support right now to, to actually pass this bill? Yes, I do. Uh, barring some unforeseen, and we'll know very shortly, uh, you know, we've worked very hard and we think the votes will be there. I'm still a little taken back by the, the uh, passion of the Democrats and the abortionists in the House. Uh, how could they be so against something? Either they don't know about it. How many have ever gone and visited a pregnancy resource center and seen the love and the compassion uh, manifested by those individuals so you know and and as i said a moment ago in the press conference even when a woman aborts who's there for them it's not planned parenthood it's the pregnancy care center people that's our church um you know reaching out and saying you know god loves you we love you we're going to help you uh no judgment so then if if this fails in the senate which it likely will well my fear is it won't even get up for a vote really that okay. schumer will not allow it for a vote so if that's the case, uh, will this be resurrected? Uh, you definitely. The, okay. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, other iterations of it. You know, there are other things we could be doing, and we have another bill that we're putting in that would go even further. Uh, so it, it's... Um, and then what, what are some of the details of the bill? Is it funding primarily for the pregnancy centers? Or it, 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 protections? Yes, it, protections, that's all a matter of prosecutorial discretion yeah. on the part of the Justice Department right. to say this is serious and we're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to protect these, you know, and go all out and do the kind of investigations that they are capable of, but they have completely been AWOL on under this attorney general and this president. So would the bill put pressure on the DOJ to, to prosecute? Uh, yeah, not really the bill itself. Um, it would provide a new bill we're doing, a private right of action, so that these organizations you know, have a way into court uh, with standing. But the real thing is to support 
you know, support them tangibly. Uh, they're not out here asking for federal funds, but when a poor person comes and has needs that could be met uh, and should be met because they happen to meet the poverty guidelines uh, and they're below them, uh, they should get it and not be told, oh, you can't get it from a pregnancy resource center. How dare they do that? It's discriminatory. And then uh, there was a bill in the fall that uh, you joined uh, Chip Roy on yes. uh, regarding repealing the face Oh, sure. Um, where, where does that stand currently? Uh, has no, nothing's happened yet. But, you know, for the record, I led the effort against the FACE Act back in 1993-ish uh, when Schumer was a House member and he got passed this bill uh, that criminalizes civil disobedience, nonviolent direct action, uh, and does it in a way that is viewpoint specific. If you're pro-life, uh, you're targeted. If you're arguing for labor rights, and I'm all for picketing and sit-ins, and you know, whether as long as they're nonviolent, um, you know, you're okay. <laughs> but there's a federal offense leading to felony and, and confiscation of just about all you own, uh, including your 401k, uh, that goes to the, the abortion clinic. Uh, I mean, it's a perverse, perverse law, and I'm dead set against it, and, um, and I led the effort against it, but we lost. So, so are you saying the, if, so I hope if, we someone, can, if someone loses in a case at trial, uh, their, their assets or whatever goes to the plan? Yes. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that is so wrong, uh, because right now you could say, I'm blocking your way to get to the Capitol. I mean, nonviolent civil disobedience, especially, um, you know, a sit-in or something, or even just standing, you're out there doing sidewalk counseling, say, hey, would you reconsider? Somebody says, he was in my way, he was blocking my entranceway. Uh, that could be actionable. And so I could be blocking your way into the Capitol right now, and you could sue me if this was an abortion clinic. I mean, it's, it's perverse law. It really is. One, one last question, and then I'll, I'll let you go, Congressman. Um, so eight pro-lifers were jailed uh, yes, last know, year uh, for a FASAC violation here in right D.C. Here. Um, do you have any word uh, for them? Because they're, they're literally just across the river in Alexandria. Just to encourage them, um, you know, we have a very hostile administration. Um, you know, again, part of what some of them were protesting was, was the... Uh, the very, very late-term abortions, including five that that those individuals probably, were, one of them at least, or maybe more, were killed with uh, partial birth abortion, which is an illegal method. You know, the, the and there's been no investigation by D.C. or by the Attorney General, and instead those who raise these issues find themselves behind bars. So the encouragement is, you know, my hope is your sacrifice is not in vain. I don't believe it is. Uh, we're trying to change laws uh, and policy, hearts and minds, and uh, but it, we still have a situation where it's open season, literally open season on unborn babies. Well, thank you, Congressman, for all your pro-life work, and it is very appreciated by those of us uh, who are trying. What you guys do, life yeah. Well, you, you do great work. You're uh, you're up there on the front lines in in, uh, in Congress, so thank you, thank you, and God bless. Well, Jim Harden, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, so we were just out on the steps of the Capitol, and uh, maybe for, for the LifeSite newers, if you could uh, refresh us on uh, what you do, you're in the Christ Pregnancy Center uh, industry, and uh, you're helping save lives, helping uh, women in their uh, time of need. Yeah. And uh, your particular crisis pregnancy center up in New York, uh, as I understand, was firebombed. Uh, just before the Dobbs decision. So if you could just tell us uh, what happened and what you do and what uh, what has happened since. Sure. Well, <clears throat> Compass Care is a, uh, has a network of medical pregnancy resource centers all across New York State in Buffalo, Rochester, Albany, and in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, shortly after the illegal, unprecedented leak of a full draft Supreme Court opinion, the Dobbs case, um, that sparked a crime wave of pro-abortion terror attacks against pregnancy centers and other pro-life entities across the country. The first firebombing occurred in Madison, Wisconsin on Mother's Day, May 8th, 2022, and Jane's Revenge, a pro-abortion terrorist group, <clears throat> was a front for, for Antifa, took responsibility for that and issued an ultimatum for pregnancy centers to shut down or face similar attacks. On day 30, which was their ultimatum, 30 days, uh, we were firebombed. That was June 7th of 2022. 
Um, that was in Buffalo, New York, half a million dollars of damage. Two firefighters were injured in putting out the blaze. Um, and uh, by, by God's grace, the, the people of God in his church and through Buffalo and across the country came together and rebuilt the entire facility in a Nehemiah-like 52 days. We were back up and running, providing medical care out of that facility. Now, mind you, uh, Compass Care never stopped providing uh, medical services to women facing unplanned pregnancy in Buffalo. We, we immediately pivoted to another office because of the generosity of the people of God in Buffalo the next day. <clears throat> so we were still serving patients the very next day. Um, the FBI um, uh, slow walked the investigation. We had to file a lawsuit against the local police department responsible for the investigation because the F FBI had their thumb on them. Uh, we, we needed to get our evidence back so we could give it to our private investigators that we hired to actually do some of the investigative work. Uh, so we, we've been push, putting pressure on the House and Senate Judiciary Committees to ask uh, Christopher Ray, the FBI director, and Merrick Garland of the DOJ as to why they've abdicated their duty to investigate um, uh, as well as indict. Uh, so uh, we're, we're, we're expecting um, that uh, some they, they'll be held accountable, um, and we're hoping that they'll either be uh, impeached and or indicted for conspiracy to deprive pro-life people of equal protection under the law, a violation of the 14th Amendment. Now, should the next president be pro-life, uh, do you have any plans to um, uh, press this case further and, uh, you know, perhaps with the change of personnel at the FBI actually find uh, who it was who firebombed your crisis pregnancy center? Or, um, you know, what do you think about that? Yes. If the next president is pro-life, I think uh, he can do a lot of good. I think he can pardon every peaceful pro-lifer that's been illegally indicted for FACE Act violations. I think he can not just replace uh, and fire Christopher Ray and Merrick Garland, but I think he can he can actually uh, route out the corruption within the FBI, because it's his purview, by the way. It's, it's, the, it's the executive's purview. So I think a lot of good can happen if you get the right um, executive in the office relative to, uh, to, to justice being done for all people and, and, and stop uh, the, the, the actions against pro-life people. Uh, be, we're being treated like second-class citizens because of what we believe. We believe uh, this is, uh, that, that all people are made in the image of God and therefore equally valuable without partiality, without qualification. Uh, the, the Declaration of Independence says we are endowed by our Creator, capital C, with certain unalienable rights, the first of which, the basis of all other rights, is the right to life. And so I think a, a, a a solid president who understands uh, the need to protect all people, including preborn boys and girls, uh, will go a long way in routing out the corruption and, and re-civilizing our country. And then maybe if you could tell us a little about uh, what your pregnancy center offers, the services, and perhaps also uh, what are the most common situations in which women come to you and how you meet them in those, in those needs that yeah. they have. So when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy, she feels stuck. She says, I'm stuck, I'm trapped, I've got no other choice, I need to have an abortion. That's what she says to us. Um, and so we come alongside of her with ethical medical care and comprehensive community support to give her a vision of her future after having had a child so that she can walk out of our, our first appointment with, our, with Compass Care and say, I see now how it's possible. We truly empower her with a choice. Um, and so uh, we provide early pregnancy diagnosis through ultrasound technology. We provide STD testing and treatment. We provide progesterone uh, pregnancy-sustaining therapy to reverse the effects of the dangerous chemical abortion drug. Um, a study came out saying that one in 10 women who start the chemical abortion process end up in the emergency room. That's half of all pregnancies in America right now, and, and uh, that's at the Supreme Court. So we're waiting, we're waiting to see what the Supreme Court does with that particular case and pushes it back hopefully to the FDA and say, do your job, take this dangerous drug off the, off the market and protect women. And then uh, tomorrow's the March for Life. Do you have anything uh, that you want to say to those who are coming to D.C. in the midst of the cold uh, to march uh, in witness to the sanctity of life and uh, perhaps to mothers or pro-lifers uh, who are not able to make it? Yeah, to all, all the, all the pro-lifers out there that are coming to the March for Life as well as the ones that couldn't make it, uh, I would say keep it up. Uh, there's a new chapter in America right now when it comes to the, the, the fight for life and for not just babies in the womb, but also preborn, but also other mothers. Um, the, 
it went from, you know, a lot of people thought that if we could just reverse Roe versus Wade, that, you know, abortion would go away. But that's not the end of abortion. It's the, it's the end of the beginning of abortion. Uh, we, what, what, what overturning Roe did was create, created abortion tourism dynamics in abortion hub states. So we've got to be, we've got to be diligent uh, because the fight is getting more intense at the state level. So uh, unity uh, and vigilance is key for every pro-life citizen in America today. Well, thank you so much, Jim, and I uh, look forward to uh, uh, perhaps seeing you again one day here in D.C. Me too. Thank you. God bless. John Henry Weston for LifeSite News here with Jacinta Rigi from LifeSite League. Jacinta, say hello. Hi everybody, nice to see you. <laughs> this is amazing. We're standing obviously in front of a building we all hope will be changing residents very soon. Um, and uh, we're here obviously in election year. We're expecting a huge crowd at the March for Life to ensure that this residence uh, changes um, occupants. Just into any comments here. Yeah, we're hoping to get a big crowd here, but I'm so excited. We've there's already a ton of pro-life um, people here and yeah, we're just hoping to make a difference and see a lot of people out here today. As you know, we're gonna be out front of the National Arts Gallery at 11 o'clock, an hour before the march started to pray the Holy Rosary. And um, Bishop Strickland just called me yesterday to tell me that he's on his way here. So we're looking forward to seeing him here. He's getting an award and uh, it's gonna be awesome. He's celebrating mass at 7.30 as well. So. Uh, we hope that you will join us at LifeSite News for all of the events at the National March for Life. Take this, all of you, and each of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. like the killing of these hundreds and thousands and millions of innocent children. We are, we are in front of a tsunami. Be aware of that. And the only real answer we can be against that is the past. So really like with all your hearts to to the sacrifice of the mass. And so today we march. We march and we speak. The world was created by a word. God spoke and it came to be. The word then became flesh and dwelt among us, and still dwells among us, and still speaks. He commands us, and he gives us the power to speak. Words, brothers and sisters, that change the world, not just that express a message, but that change things. Isaiah makes it so clear. My word that I send forth will not return to me void. It will accomplish a task. It will successfully achieve a purpose. It will bring life. We are the ones who are winning. Don't think for a moment that these ballot initiatives, many of, of you in your own states will be facing them. We will be working with you to defeat them, but don't think for a moment that these are a sign of the strength of the pro-abortion movement. These amendments are a sign of their weakness because they are running away from the legislative process. They don't want these issues to be debated. They want people to vote based on a soundbite. Oh yeah, I think I, this is good because I need medical emergency uh, uh, treatment if that ever happens. No, this is a sign of their weakness, brothers and sisters. We continue to speak. The Lord says it to us again today. Keep on speaking. Because the light shines on in the darkness, a darkness 
that will not and cannot overcome it. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Let's unite ourselves with all of the angels, all the saints in heaven, all the holy souls in purgatory and with thee, Lord Jesus, to praise worthily thy holy mother, to praise thee in her and through her. Let's renounce all distractions that we may have during this rosary. Let's beg God for the grace to say it with attention, devotion, and reverence as though it were the last one of our lives. We'll pray for the intentions of the march to the ending of all killing of all unborn children and for the protection of life from conception till natural death. We'll pray for the United States of America that by the intercession of Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, the Immaculate Conception, patroness of this great nation, Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, that life might once again be respected in this great nation and in all of America. Com muita alegria, eu venho do Brasil. We come from Brazil with a lot of joy. Para defender a vida com todo o mundo. To defend life in all the world. Eu sou pai de 46 filhos adotados. He is the father of 46 adopted children. Todas essas crianças foram abortadas. All of these children come from failed abortions. E receberam um colo de um pai. And receives in the arm of the father. E hoje vivem numa grande família. They live all in a big home, a community in Brazil. Estamos em todos os lugares do mundo and in many other places in the world para fazer com que a vida seja defendida to defend life e eu preciso de cada um de vocês we love you all preciso dos jovens we love you young people dos adultos all the adults para defender a vida thank you for defending life venha nos ajudar come help us muito obrigado thank you all for being here it's a great example that you're setting it's testimony for the sanctity of life. It's a great day for a march. It's a great day. This is football weather. Let's go. What an incredible honor to get to introduce Ben Watson, talented individual on the field, talented, courageous, fearless leader off the field. He's making a difference in the lives of so many. It's my pleasure to introduce somebody who speaks truth, clarity, and grace, combines bold conviction with kindness, fearless, humble, and courageous, proud father of the Watson Seven, a helpful warrior for the sanctity of life. Please give a great welcome to Benjamin Watson. Hey, coach got me ready to go play some football. Yeah. It is an honor to be here with you all, March for Life. I've been calling the period of time we're in right now the new fight for life. Roe is done, but we still live in a culture that knows not how to care for life. Roe is done, but the factors that drive women to seek abortions are ever apparent and ever increasing. Roe is done. But abortion is still legal and thriving in too much of America. Roe is done. But even so, in the cold and the snow, you have continued to travel from around the nation to this place to recognize that the fight for life is not over. God's word challenges us in the book of Micah to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly before our God. I believe that this is the essence of what it means to be with every woman and for every child. With uncommon courage, we must do justice not only by protecting innocent preborn life, but by correcting injustice and rebuilding opportunities so that mothers and fathers can flourish. With deep compassion, we must love kindness by offering a continuum of care 
that provides lasting resources and support. Unless we think we can continue this work in our own power, may we always realize that our wisdom and our strength is found by humbly seeking God's direction for the path ahead. Emotion runs really high in mountaintop gatherings like these, but the battle is won in the valley. Men, in a country where too many of our marriages are crumbling, go back to your homes and fight for your families. <laughs> Civic leaders, in the current climate of compromise, go back to your committees and your communities and legislate for life and for justice. All of you frontline workers in pregnancy resource centers around the country and other life-affirming organizations, go back to your post knowing that every encounter is not simply about saving one child, but you are saving generations. And all you young people, with all, of your, with all of your energy and all of your ingenuity, go back to your schools and go back to your teams and your churches. Be leaders that are unashamed to stand for life. Friends, friends, keep pressing on, keep pressing on, keep pressing on until abortion is not only unthinkable, but for so many who think that it's necessary, it will no longer be necessary. Friends, keep, keep, keep pressing on. God bless you. Okay, guys, we are here with LifeSite League and LifeSite News at the 2024 March for Life, and we are here with... AJ. And AJ, who are you here with? Liberty, what group? Liberty University. Yes, okay, let's go. Um, why are you at the March for Life? Uh, because I stand for life and believe life begins at conception. Awesome. And then are you here with your entire school? Because we are seeing red hats everywhere. Liberty University is taking over. Yeah, we took, a, I think, like 17 buses or something like that. Don't quote me on the number, but there are a lot of buses, and they were pretty packed. So we got a lot of students here today. Wow. Well, thank you for being here, AJ, and thanks for being on camera with us today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, everyone. So we are here with Susan Smith. Okay, and you're with what group today? We are with the parishes of St. Michael, St. Mary's, and St. Joseph's of the Coopersville, Marne area in Michigan. Awesome. And how many people came with you today? You have a pretty big group here. We have 13 people that came from our churches to uh, come March for Life. That's incredible. And why is it important for you to be at the March for Life this year? Um, this year, I, this is my 10th year coming, bringing individuals from our parishes to come March for Life. To me, the uh, March for Life and just saving the babies from the point that they are conceived, that's what the Bible teaches us. And that we need to give every opportunity to show that mothers and their babies are fully loved and just to march to keep everyone um, Thank you so much. That's incredible. Thank you all for coming here, especially in the freezing cold. Yeah, so on the count of three, you can all scream March for Life. Are you ready? One, two, three. March for Life! Thank you. Okay, so we are here with... Padwork Walsh. Awesome. And what organization or group are you with today? We're with uh, St. Louis Parish in Clarksville, Maryland. Okay, so you, you came quite a little bit far, right? Well, not that far. Not we're, too far, but a little bit. If we're not here, there's no excuse. Exactly, right? How many people came with you today? Uh, we got one bus full of people, about 50. That's amazing. And why are you here today? Why is it important for you to, to, to march for life? Because uh, there's nothing more important than the sanctity of life. Uh, our whole country was built on uh, the graces that come from God and knowing that all of our rights, particularly the right to life, come from God. And we've lost that in the last couple of generations here. So the whole foundation of our country is being uh, dismantled. We're here to witness to the origins for United States of America, as well as God's love for us. You're so right. We're all about freedom and just basic rights in this company, in this country, and that's what's being taken away from us. Yes, we've got a lot of manufactured alleged rights, which are displacing essential foundational rights. 
Exactly. Well, thank you so much for being here and for interviewing with us today. God bless you and stay warm, please. Thank you, Jacinta. Okay, so we are here with Jimmy, Lauren. Awesome. And who are you guys with today? Yeah, we're with the Chaldean Catholic Church. We came as a community from uh, Metro Detroit, Arizona, California. Awesome. And how about like how many people came with you today? About 80 to 100. That's incredible. So as you know, the Roe v. Wade was already overturned. Why is it still important, do you think, to be coming to the March for Life? The fight's not over. We understand that there's the unplanned pregnancies, but this is something that we want to continue to fight for, those children that can't speak for themselves. Exactly. You want to add anything? Or? Yeah, no, she hit it perfectly. I mean, especially as followers of Christ, we, we're not going to stop until we fulfill his word and continue to follow him in all of our ways. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Okay, so we are here with... Jacob. And? James. Awesome. And where are you guys coming from? Alexandria, Virginia. Awesome. And what school do you go to? Do you go to a college that is pro-life or anything like that? No. I, sadly enough, I don't have the funds to be able to go to a school like that. I go to Nova, which is very secular. But, you know, we're still, like, you know, God still wants us to, like, you know, go anywhere you can and then, you know, in every moment try and, you know, with prudence, you know, bring him to whoever you can. Yeah, exactly. And why are you at the March for Life this year? Well, because um, I didn't go the last two, but uh, I think it's like even with, you know, uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned and everything, you know, it's like you can never uh, stop going. You have to keep moving forward because yeah. sin never rests. Therefore, we must always be vigilant and just, you know, as long as wow. we're still in this world, you know, Christ will come. But until then, we must make good with the time we have. Yeah. And you guys are both in college, correct? I'm actually working right now in youth ministry, part-time. So, Yeah, I work at um, a school in Old Town, like, part-time, and then I, you know, take classes over at Nova, and then, yeah. Okay, because um, I know I went to a pretty liberal college, and whenever I mention the word abortion, whenever you mention the word abortion, really anywhere, there seems to be, like, violence. There seems to be, like, a chill that comes about the room. Everyone kind of gets quiet. Why is it, do you think, and, like, why is it important to make sure it's a topic that's always talked about? the pro-life movement and just abortion and all of that. Like, God commands us to, you know, I mean, Jesus said, like, you know, go go therefore and make disciples. And, like, part of that is saying, you know, God is like, you know, I'm not the God of the dead but of the living. And so it's like, you know, this is about life. And so you come here to facilitate and move forward, you know, the agenda ultimately of God, which is not for death but of life and, you know, to give up on that call is, you know, to ultimately disobey God, which, you know, we shouldn't do. That's what God didn't make us for, you know, confusion and death and all this other nonsense that, you know, surrounds us. But yeah, as soon as, if we let go of this, you know, you let go of everything else. So that's why you can't, you got to fight, you know, no matter what to the death. So. And it's a basic human right that we have is to live. It's simple as that. How about, do you have anything to add or? Um, well, you know, I think it's sad because of our generation. There's a lot of kids who don't know, like, you know, the beauty in life and things like that. They kind of live in a world where, you know, they have technology, many other things making them depressed and, and sad and then break up a family and things like that. So it may cause them to not want to, you know, uh, appreciate life. So then when you see them not understanding, you know, that the most vulnerable life point, you know, it's like they don't see it as a living person or a thing. It's just like, you know, what they call yeah, blob like tissue. It's of heart. Like God, that Jesus talks about in the Bible, you know, they have hardened their hearts against me. And, you know, that an example is, you know, not caring about unborn life. Exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for speaking to us today and stay warm. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, so we are here with... Braden Lynch. Awesome. And can you tell them what you do for a living? Yeah. So I am a religion teacher at a Catholic parochial middle school um, in Maryland. Awesome. And you hear so many times people say abortion or pro-life or all of that should be hidden from kids and not talked about in schools. Um, why is it important to you to talk to sixth graders, any type of middle schooler, about the pro-life movement? Well, I think the earlier that our students and our youth can understand the sanctity and dignity of every human life and the importance of this issue, the better. Um, from a personal standpoint, I think my nephew, he wouldn't be on this earth right now if my older sister 
um, didn't hear that message when she was in middle school and high school. And it wouldn't have been as important to me either, right, if, um, if it wasn't something that I heard from a, from a younger age. Um, so it's, it's a time when they can see things a lot better, I think, like black and white, and just be set on fire for this movement. Um, so that's, that's why it's important. For and then when they go out into the world and they graduate, they already have that in them instead of being going out and people telling them there's 10 genders and there's like all of these things, you know? If you instill it in them at a young age, once they become older, they're going to be so much more fierce in the movement and their beliefs are going to be so much stronger. Exactly. It's so important what you do, so thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much for what you do. Thank God bless. You. God bless. <laughs> okay, so we are here with... Mike Hardy. Awesome, Mike. So, their signs are getting a lot of turned heads. People are asking, make more babies, huh? Like, they want to know. We all know what it means. But, like, where do you guys come from? Um, and, yeah, what is every life? So, right here is my brother, Pat. Yeah, How's it going? How are we doing? We're one of nine. Yep. Lots of babies. Nine in your family? Yep. And my mom was one of ten, so we got, like, 70 cousins. Awesome. It's great. So, lots of babies. We think everyone else should also have more babies. Make more babies. So, did you start this? No. We actually... Found it on the ground, we picked it up. <laughs> so you, we agree with it, but we agree with it. So you guys aren't with every life. We are with every life. Oh, oh. we love every life. Okay. <laughs> I thought you started every life. Oh no no no. no. Okay, that so was grandma. Do you guys? Are you guys at? A, do you go to college anywhere or I'm what? Franciscan. Yeah. Oh sweet. We, yeah, and the rest of us are currently yeah, going to Franciscan. Franciscan here. Oh awesome. Okay, so um, do you guys come to this every year? Yes, yes, we've been coming every year. At least I know I have since I've been like seven. Okay, so obviously you know Roe v. Wade was overturned. Why do you think it's still important that we're doing this, even though Roe v. Wade was overturned? Uh, so Roe v. Wade was a big deal, right, getting overturned, because that means that, you know, the federally, yeah, yeah, it goes to the states. So now it's important, probably more than ever, for us to really overturn it at the state level, right, so that abortion actually becomes illegal and, you know, life can prosper. Yeah, not, not to mention that this now is like a celebration of life. It's just a bunch of young people that want to go out and just like vocalize that they want to be able to have big families. They want to be able to go and protect those kind of people. Exactly. And you guys are doing that by holding your signs. Make more babies. Should we say it on the count of three? All right, yeah. One, two, three. Make more babies. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Stay warm. Okay, perfect. So we are here with Julia. Olivia. Awesome. And who are you guys with today? Great. And where is that? Oh, cool. Okay, perfect. So why are you guys here? Why do you think it's important? I mean, obviously Roe v. Wade was overturned. Why do you think it's still important to show up at the March for Life? Um, I just think it's a good strength in numbers for everybody to be here and to show up and support what they Yeah, and why do you think, for example, like the, the youth especially should be here, like you guys? Why is it important that this generation is here? I think it's important because, like, we're the future of this. Like, we're the people who are going to support people for years to come and teach our kids and our students and everybody how to do this after us. Exactly. And then do you have anything to add to that? Why, why it's important that young people like you guys, for example, are here marching? I just think it's important to represent your beliefs and, you know, what an organization you believe in. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Yeah. Have a We are here with... Hudson. Nathan. Allie. Awesome. And who are you guys with today? We're here with Cape Mount Carmel of Wichita, Kansas. Sweet. And why do you guys think it's important, especially as young people here, why do you think it's important to come to the March for Life? We feel like a lot of young people aren't informed about the consequences of abortions and we really think that these babies need a, we, they need to say they can't talk for themselves. We need to, we need to talk for them. We think that's the reason why we should be here. Yep, we need to stand for those who are silenced. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, honestly, I just say, like, yeah, um, babies have a right, and we believe that from conception to natural death, that uh, they are humans and that they have a right to live. Yeah, it's a basic human right to live, especially in this country, you know, so why are they not being given the opportunity? Do you want to add anything at all? Um, I think it's just important because I want to be a mom one day, and I think it feels powerful. Thank you guys so much, and stay warm, please. <laughs> but why do you think it's important, and what do you think the bishops in our country can do to get more involved in the pro-life movement? Well, I think it's essential as thankfully the bishops just last November once again underscored that it's a abortion. Uh, the sanctity of the life of the unborn is the preeminent issue of our time. And I think more and more people are seeing that the evils we're seeing, child trafficking, the, the pornography, all sorts of evils 
are coming out of a, a lack of respect that life comes from God. And when we don't respect that, everything starts to unravel. So certainly, as pastors and successors of the apostles, all of us as bishops need to do everything we can. And many of the bishops are very active, and I, I encourage all of the bishops um, to, to be voices for the sanctity of life and encouraging people to, to really look beyond whatever obstacles they're, they're seeing or, or whatever perspective is, is really making them thinking that abortion's okay or it's okay for up to a certain time frame in the womb. Um, all of that is, is simply not related to reality. And so as pastors, not just Catholic bishops, but all Christian pastors really hopefully can become involved in this. And the bishops, we as successors of the apostles, we really need to be leaders in joyfully proclaiming who is the author of one. And that is, of course, God the Father who sent his son to, to teach us who we are, who God is. So we just have to keep repeating that message. And, and reminding, I think one of the, the key things that I've learned is to keep emphasizing that the woman who's pregnant, the man who is part of that pregnancy, the child in the womb, they're all beloved of God. And we need to remember that. Sometimes as Catholics, we're accused of just paying attention to the unborn child. That's never been the case, but I think more and more movements are recognizing that we're there to care for the woman, to try to urge her not to have the abortion. If she goes through with it, to care for her after the abortion um, and to just help all of humanity recognize where life comes from. And so absolutely, it's part of the work of bishops to do that. And I just want to say thank you on behalf of all Catholics and just thank you for everything you've been doing this last year. It obviously means a lot and it's making a huge difference. So thank you. Hi guys, so we are here with... AJ Hurley, White Rose Resistance. Awesome, and can you tell your story about why you're involved with the pro-life movement? Yeah, I started off as a neonatal respiratory therapist putting little babies on ventilators. And then what happened was I was like looking into a womb. I had to get involved. And so I, I just started trying to advocate for life. It was crazy. I was like, these babies are valuable because we say they are. And then across the hall in the hospital, they're killing other ones. It was so inconsistent, I started to get involved, and God has done crazy things ever since. And why do you think it's important that the young people are getting involved in the pro-life generation and the pro-life groups? Well, I mean, we're losing our generation, right? So it's like, if people don't realize that we have to speak out against all of the really crazy indoctrination that's so anti-morals, anti-Western values, anti-Christianity, um, really that, that we are founded on we need to get back to those things and that the next generation is our future you know it's what's crazy um, so people don't know this there's 14 states that have outlawed abortion but there's so many more that have enshrined it to the day of birth the other day I ordered online these abortion pills for free and they came to my house in a state where it was illegal and this is happening every day for free, there. so we need to end abortion to the very day of birth. You know, and, uh, to the you know, from and very. Need to, we need to spread the word about this and yeah, make people this aware. Is this is crazy. This for free. They sent this to my house for free. In any state in the union, you can literally order this. They'll deliver it to your house for free, not even shipping costs. We need to end abortion in all 50 states. We need to make it a crime to kill a baby. Exactly, because it is. It's murder. It's more murder. Life begins at conception. Yep. And, well, thank you so much. And then who are you with again? I'm you? AJ Hurley with the White Rose Resistance and Abortion America. Be bold, be strong, and stand for life. Perfect. Thank you so much. God bless you. Yeah, We're here at March for Life. We have bumped into this young lady here with your family. What's your name? My name is Rebecca Hendershot. Rebecca, good to meet you. Is this your family? I have 10 children. Oh, so beautiful. So all your own, did you adopt some of the kids? Or? A licensed foster parent. I gave birth to my first three and adopted the next seven through foster care. Wow. So what are the ages of your group? My oldest is 36 and my youngest is six. Oh, that's almost as bad as my spread. It's only 27 to 12. Well, so First in there, I have nine grandchildren, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm still waiting for that. So... What brings you out to March for Life? We've come out here for so many years. We just need to 
be a public witness for life that all life is precious and deserves a chance at living and growing regardless of their situation. Whether they're born into foster care, they're taken away, they stay with their parents, whatever, they deserve a chance at life. Amen. Now, a lot of people are saying, oh, Roe v. Wade's already gone, we don't need to come out anymore. Do we still need to come out? We absolutely do, because on the national level, there are so many things going on that are against the culture of life. So we need to continue to be a presence here where the laws are created for the nation and then take that momentum back to the states so that we can make a difference in our states as well. What drives you in this fight and what's your motivation? My children drive me. Seven of them could have been aborted. They were taken away from their parents for a reason. And I need to defend their lives and I need to defend the lives of all other children that are possibly in situations that their life is at risk. Now you've got a Holy Spirit uh, image on your, on your jacket there. How are you, how's your prayer life and how is that incorporate into your family and, and fight for life? Oh, my faith is number one in my life. And because of that, the defense of life needs to be necessary. And I bring that home to my children. I homeschool them all, homeschool them and the grandchildren. <laughs> I just keep grabbing that insanity gene from my mother. <laughs> but um, we just teach always that we need to defend everybody, whether it's the unborn or the mentally or physically challenged, the emotionally unstable, whoever. We need to defend them and we need to protect them. Absolutely beautiful. So thank you for talking to us. How many of you are out here? Uh, Twelve. We have twelve out here today, but our group consists of roughly 30 people. Okay. So it was snowing. It's dangerous. People are going to say, what are you doing? Why come anyway? Uh, because it's warmer here than it is in Michigan. <laughs> Yeah, I'm from Canada, so I know what you're talking about. I lo I thought they just made it for me, so I could be I could feel at home. So. Yes, um, for us, especially in Michigan, the fight continues. Um, being here this past couple of days, we have met so many people from Michigan, and it's because we have a, a big fight in Michigan. But we have hope, and we have hope with the youth, and we get these kids involved and get them excited for the pro-life movement, and we will overturn Michigan to become a pro-life state. Amen to that. So, why young people, if you don't mind, why, why are you involved? I'm involved because it needs to start with the youth, and if more youth get involved, then abortion will be ended. So, aren't there young people at your school or that you know, your friends who might tease you for this or say, what are you doing? Don't you know that that's not really popular? Well, Jesus said, if they hate you, they hated me first. So I have to follow in Jesus' footsteps and do what he says. Beautiful. And have you found yourself a, young, a group of young people who are into it as well? Yeah, I love being with uh, my friends that are involved in it. It's great. Beautiful. And what's, what really motivates you and what's, what's your favorite thing to do in terms of pro-life with your friends? I love praying in front of abortion clinics. That's my favorite. Really being out there and like doing something. And I love standing up for my faith and I love standing up for babies. Wow. That's an interesting answer because that's something that I think a lot of people would find scary, scary or, or no. So what is it? What, so you're praying, you're praying the rosary, you're praying out there. What happens to you? Why, why that? It just makes me feel good that I can stand up for these babies and that there's a voice for them. The power of Christ through the Holy Rosary, his mother's rosary, is so powerful, but most people don't recognize that. What in that do you recognize, and how would you encourage young people to come to that realization that you've obviously come to? Um, just keep praying and keep going out there and follow Christ. Thank you for what you're doing. It's an awesome witness to all of us. And uh, you guys are the future. And so when old folks like us see you, we're very, very encouraged. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. So... What what brought you all out here this this uh, snowy kind of cold day? Well, we wanted to stand up for all the unborn. We're a whole group from St. Agnes Catholic Church, and uh, and a few friends of St. Agnes, and we 
We, we pray our rosary for the unborn every day, Monday through Saturday after Mass. For the Beautiful. You're out here, you saw Bishop Strickland. What was he up to? Bishop, I, no, I didn't see Bishop Strickland today, but I love Bishop Strickland. I love him. <laughs> he's around. He's actually around. He's getting an award today. Um, and um, what what is it uh, that you love most about being pro-life? Being pro-life because, you know what, I believe every single human being is unique and has gifts from God and that every single human life is is valuable, unique, and I just love standing up for the unborn. And even though it's kind of hard and sometimes we feel like outnumbered, um, we know that we're doing the right thing and that we're standing up for the unborn and that abortion is the biggest issue in the United States right now. So I just love saying the rosary for the unborn. And we also at my parish, we continue with the chaplet and we pray for the unborn, the protection of the unborn and the healing of all mothers and fathers who've had an abortion. Great, and what brings you out today? Obviously pro-life, the march. We're here with our community uh, in fellowship of what we believe in. Beautiful, now uh, are you guys involved in the movement for life back where you live? Absolutely, 100%. Doing. Well, we got the youth group involved. All of our youth group is out here today uh, in support of this as well. And we, we pray rosaries for it. And we have a whole month dedicated to it. So, yeah. yep. What's, what, what really drives you? Making sure that life is supported um, from inception. And that is the crucial piece in this movement. And we have, to, we have to fight for it, for the right to life. A lot of people around the world are praying for America right now. You've got, you're in an election year. There's all sorts of consternation. Um, what's your hope for America now? That we come together to support this. After Roe versus Wade, we know there's going to be more fights coming. We have to be prepared and ready for these fights. We have to be. And come together as a Catholic community with that. Amen. 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 God bless you guys. Good to meet you. And what's your name? Gregory Murphy. And who are you with? I'm with American Society for Defense of Tradition, Family and Property, or TFB. Beautiful. And uh, you got a big group out here? Yeah, we have a big group. We have bagpipes and drums and the Statue of Our Lady and the standards all over the place. It's Absolutely beautiful. These are the standards that are huge. They're the most visible thing at the March for Life as the standards of the tradition, family and property. They've been here every year, as far as I know, for the past the 25 years that I've been here. Indeed, I think they have. I think they have, yes. So I flew over with a small group from Ireland this year myself, but five of us flew over this year. Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks for being here. God bless you. We are here at the March for Life with Walker Jones and this group here. What's the group? Uh, we're from St. Joseph's Catholic School in Greenville, South Carolina. And you're part of this St. Joseph's? No, Knights for Life. Uh, yeah, well, so our mascot at the school is the Knights, so we made these hats to say Knights for Life. Awesome, awesome. And uh, so what brings you out here on this such a cold day? You guys decided to come anyway? Uh, yes, we just, we all felt like, you know, we wanted to come out, be a part of the March for Life because it's so important. You know, we just love the experience and seeing everybody here to support it. How many of you are in your group? Um, 35-ish is what uh, my peers here are saying, but I'm not sure the exact number. Excellent. And uh, do you have a big pro-life group at your school? Um, yeah, I'd say we have a pretty big pro-life here uh, at our school. Every single year, new guys come and um, new like high schoolers come, and then the old seniors leave. But yeah, it's a pretty la pretty large group. Where do you fall in the mix, old senior? What? Are you old senior? Oh, no, I'm just a junior, so I'll be here next year too. Don't worry. Excellent, excellent. And what makes you the spokesman for the group? Everybody points to you as a spokesman. Uh, I think it's because I was just interviewed like five minutes ago also, so they wanted to see me do it again. But, you know, I'm happy to do it for my group, you know. Excellent. He can do it. God bless you guys. Thank you. God bless you. Yes, sir. Have a great day. What's your name? My name is Liam Hart. And Liam, what brings you out here? Uh, life and supporting those who are in need of it. Like, you know, I've come here for a long time, but like every time I come, it reminds me again and again how important this event is just to the people who have like no idea what's going on and like oh wait hold on abortion does kill people and it does do bad things and it breaks up families and leaves mothers hopeless 
Because, like, that's the part that nobody mentions is, like, what happens afterwards? And, like, just coming out here, I know I don't do much. I'm not out there, like, on the front lines. But I'll add one heartbeat to the countless other heartbeats around here to say what's happening in those abortion clinics is wrong. And I don't, you know, that's why I'm out here. Where are you from? Uh, Lexington, Virginia. And uh, a lot of people are avoiding today because snow and, and, and cold weather and so on. What's your message to them? Uh, I put more white powder in my coffee in the morning, and that's sugar, than is on the ground right now. So, you know, it's a little cold, sure, but it ain't that cold. Very good. God bless you, man. Thank you. So, my friends, we are just about to head out and start the march after the rally. We've talked to some great people here. The numbers are lower than we've ever seen before, but given the weather, given the Maryland state of emergency, apparently we just heard buses canceled. We heard like six were canceled from Christendom. It's unbelievable, but still many, many, many thousands have ventured out here in the cold, in the snow to march for life. Where are you guys from? Where are you guys from? New Jersey. New Orleans. From New Orleans. Good to meet you guys. Where are you from? New Orleans. New Orleans is from. Okay. How many of you are here from New Orleans? We got a whole other large dive for you guys. This is our high school gentleman. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Where are you guys from? North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. Good to see you guys. How many is in your group? Uh, 12. 12 of you. Ah, uh, very good. Not intimidated by the snow? No, I actually like it. In North Carolina, we don't get snow often. And this is like a really nice snow. You know, Beautiful. It's, it's not hard. It's just nice and light. Excellent. God bless you guys. How are you doing? Very good job. Hey guys, where are you from? Memphis, Tennessee. We're joined at the March for Life with the, the Sisters for Life. So we're, I'm going to hand it over to them. Their witness is, is wonderful. Hello, my name is Sister Faustina Maria Pio, the Sisters of Life, and we're here at the March 2024. And it's a grace and a privilege to witness to the sanctity of life. And um, we're here first and foremost to glorify God, the Lord of life, not only to um, be a witness of that so others can hear that truth, but also to claim it for ourselves so we can become more of a witness, not just today, but the whole of our lives, to witness this incredible gift of the safety of life. Really hope that today, even though it's bad weather, we will be um, part of that beautiful witness of hope that this culture needs to know that they're good and seen and loved at each individual heart, no matter what you've suffered, whatever you've been through, that God's love is bigger and deeper and your life has value, tremendous value in his eyes. God bless. Thank you, sister. This is, this is quite stunning.
from all the LifeSite News team here at March for Life 2024. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great joy. To my far right, John Paul Guchki, one of our videographers. Nick Marmaleo, our head of video. Jacinta Rigi, everybody knows she's the head of LifeSite League. My daughter, Mary Catherine Weston, and Claire Murkowski from Canada. God bless you all. It's been a great time being with you.